your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and as always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. It is but o'clock on the East Coast here. We just got done watching the Canadians lose 5-1 to the Seattle Kraken because... Why not give the newest team their first ever home win as the NHL's oldest franchise? And Laura, how how are we feeling right now? Nothing on this team is working right now. Literally nothing. Even the Drouin line had a rough night. I, you know, you want to be happy for the Seattle fans seeing their first one at home, but you never want to be that team that hands it to them. And they literally handed it to them on a platter. And I know we're going to get into the details of the game, but I am not pleased on this, what is it, Tuesday night? It's now Wednesday morning, and I have to be up in five hours. Yeah, it's... Uh, that game is a microcosm of how this season has gone. They gave up a goal a minute in, and then they had a good pushback, and they drew a goal with you know some dirty hard work. Mike Hoffman gets his second of the year, takes a high stick to the face, and then there was just nothing. They kind of fell apart, and then the second period, they came out strong. They finished killing off a penalty, and then they gave up two goals in rapid succession, and that that was just it. Like, the team just wilted on itself it they were in it until they weren't and it's so extremely frustrating to watch happen again and again and again and again there's no structure in this team there's no organization to it and we're going to talk about coaching in our next segment but i watch them play and every time there's people out on the ice it's six individuals there is not a team it is six different players all trying to do something and it's just not working. Seattle was a game where it was there for the taking. The Canadians had the pieces and we had talked with Marissa and Jemmy about this is that Seattle has their flaws. So does Montreal. And then they just came out and just laid. I, I can't even call it an egg because eggs are delicious and good for you. I They laid an on fire trash can of dumpsters on the ice in this game is what happened. It's, and I'm just at a loss at this point. This team has too much talent to be scoring one goal a game. I make highlights for Eyes on the Prize, and I've never been so bored during games in my entire life. They're not even interesting bad. They're just bad, and it's I'm just tired of it right now. I completely understand, and I will say a couple of things. One, at the end of the game, there are two things I liked. It's the end of the game. They desperately need some fire. They put Cole Caulfield out, which they should do more. Uh, we've criticized them for keeping Cole Caulfield on the bench when they need scoring. And two, I really, really enjoyed his hustle at the end of that game. It didn't, nothing came of it, but he made a lot of effort. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, we're a little, we were a little bit worried about his confidence. I don't know if you and I specifically were that worried about his confidence. We thought maybe he's gripping the stick too tight. 
know, trying to put a little bit too much pressure on himself, but I think his confidence is going to be fine. I think that's important uh, to note. And here's another thing is that I'm right now I'm scrolling through and watching the body language of the players and reading the quotes from their post games. And Josh Anderson keeps talking about, this is not the first game that he's done it. He keeps talking about, we each of us need to individually look at ourselves in the mirror. That's not the problem. The individuals are not the problem. You can see individually players trying. You can see players like Josh Anderson so far, you know, lots of hustle, lots of trying, maybe not this game, but in general. Uh, you see Jonathan Drouin making things happen. You saw Matthew Perrault uh, make things happen. You're seeing some effort from guys like Arturi Lekkinen, Yoel Armia, Jake Evans, who wasn't playing tonight. You're seeing Jake Allen on an island all himself. Poor guy right now. He has lost five of the six games that he started um, and it's not fair. He, I think he only in, in that, in that stretch, I think he only had one bad game and that was against Seattle, like the game that we're currently talking about. I, you know, so there are like these individual players are trying. The problem is not the individual players like Josh Anderson, bless him. I know he's, he's doing the post game thing. He's taking responsibility. You know, the team is taking responsibility, but I personally feel that it's not the team. It's the strategy. It's the coaching. We always knew the defense wasn't going to be world beating. We always knew that. But they have talent up front. Their top nine is fine. I would go so far as to say that their top 11 is fine. It's just that like whatever guy that they put in there as the, as the 12th guy, like that's the guy that they can't figure out. And, you know, some of the guys have had good games. They're, they're, they're doing a rotation, right? Like Ryan Paling is back in the AHL. He didn't get a chance to play with this team. Uh, you're seeing, you know, Mathieu Perrault sometimes in there. You're seeing Cédric Paquette. We've got Adam Brooks that uh, they, they claimed off waivers and they're not using to their advantage. So there is kind of a question mark there. But if you look at this offense, the elements of it are fine. They're not abysmal in the way that they're playing. They're not abysmal in the way that their shot attempts are turning out. Like these players are better than we think. I see like sometimes people like to, you know, particularly Leafs fans like to snark in your mentions that the Habs are just not that good. But if you look at the separate elements of the team, they're not this bad. And that's that to me is the big question. It's not that they're bad. It's that they're not this bad. There is talent on this team. There is ability on this team. There are elements, even on the defense, which we knew, again, we knew was not going to be great. Even like that is just a, an abject disaster. And where does the blame for all of that lie? It is not in the mirror, Josh Anderson. That's not where the blame lies. It is the coaching staff. And I'm finally ready to call it. I know some fans are saying it's too premature. Some fans are saying this coaching staff got them to the Stanley Cup final. A lot of fans are, are es essentially just dumping on the coaching staff nonstop. But right now, I'm just ready to say that this coaching staff needs to do better with this talent. That's what they need. This coaching staff can and should do better with this talent. Otherwise, why are they getting paid millions of dollars to be there? It, it is so beyond frustrating to see a team this talented struggle as much. We knew they would have struggles. I, we talked about that nonstop since they left the Stanley Cup final. And eventually it comes down to the people drawing up the game plan and everything. And coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk about the coaching staff and what's got to be done here because something isn't working and you're at a point 
we're, if you're the Canadians, you got to do something at some point or this entire season's going down the drain before October even ends. And that's coming up next. But first, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Anyone who's followed this podcast since we've started knows how much we love Built Bar. There are so many absolutely incredible flavors. There is something for everybody. If you want fruit, there's raspberry, there's there's uh, Cherry Barcia. You have rich flavors, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, something for everybody. And if you can't figure out what flavor you want, you can always get a mix box where you get two of their original nine flavors delivered right to your door. They're high in protein, super low in sugar, super low on calories, great net carbs, everything you're looking for in your protein bar and at a great price and if you go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 you're going to get 15 percent off your order so go to built.com check out built bar find the flavor or flavors that you're looking for have them delivered to your door and make sure you use promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent on your order and as always thank you for making locked on canadians your first listen every day we really do truly appreciate it and speaking of listening i wish dominique ducharme would listen to us or any of the coaching staff and change something in this team i i have never seen a dis, a team be so disjointed after playing in the stanley cup final i look at it and i was talking to our friend uh, ian poivre in the dms during this game and i went Every time they step out on the ice, it is individual players. There's no structure. It's just players doing whatever they can with the puck. And when it gets turned around on them, they don't know what to do. Where Where is the Luke Richardson defense from the playoffs last year that stymied the Jets and the Golden Knights and the Maple Leafs? And I ran into Tampa, and that was the big issue. Where is that? I know Carey Price is a big part of it, but the defense moved one player, Shea Weber, out where why is everyone else just useless now what is going on the penalty kill not was good in this game but hasn't been good all year where did that go where is any semblance of a threatening power play at a certain point in time yeah the players aren't playing up to what they could be scoring one goal a game but eventually they are like you said if the system sucks nothing good is going to come of that like at a certain point they have to look inside and go well we gotta overhaul this and they're not gonna fire the coaching staff the nhl ahl and echl are all brand new contracts they're not gonna fire all those people and pay that out in the middle of a pandemic right now because if we know one thing it's that owners don't like spending money i I, i'm at a loss for words am i am i crazy here or is there something i'm not seeing there's absolutely nothing wrong with what you're saying there's nothing wrong with your assessment it truly is for me a situation where they had to give the coaching staff an extension based on the results from last year anyway they were interim coaching staff right there's an interim head coach and all of that they had to get extensions they had to you know sort out their their ahl coaching staff with bouchard gone they had to sort out their new franchise staff however they didn't need to give him a three-year contract (laughs) um is the thing. And, and I guess that's, that's kind of how the way it works, but um, you could read between the lines. You could see the regular season lack of success. And personally, I mean, I like their hands were kind of tied as fun as that, that, that playoff run was, we knew at the time that it was going to cause an extension 
for this coach that we knew wasn't very good, but I really didn't think that it was going to be this bad. I really didn't think that like with the players that he had, it was going to be like this. And the problem right now is watching the Seattle Kraken and watching how they clog up the neutral zone, watching how they were doing what the Canadians were able to do for three years under Claude Julian. I'm getting really resentful because I think that the Canadians still have the kinds of players that can still do that. I think you can still get some wins. I think you could still generate some offense with a good neutral zone game. And the Canadians do not have that. They do not have a breakout. They have flashes of it against bad teams like Detroit. But then you look and you're like, what exactly are they trying to do in the neutral zone? It does not make sense. It does not enable the elite, elite scores, I guess. I don't know, like the promising scores. What do we call what do you call guys like Jonathan Duran, Nick Suzuki, and Cole Caulfield? Like the guys, the offensive players, like it does not cause them to have chances. And then, you know, we're watching this and we're saying, oh, you know, that went wide of the net. Brendan Gallagher today with the Brendan short with the <laughs> Brendan, not Brendan, Ben Sherratt and Brendan Gallagher had a two on O and it went wide of the net, right? Like that would be something that we would usually laugh at. Not that would be something that we're seeing night in and night out. Like, Everything is going wrong, and I think it starts from that neutral zone play that they're unable to get together. And I'm just getting so so jealous. And that's that's the thing. Like Josh Anderson again in his post game is saying that the coaching staff is giving us the gaming game plan, and we're not executing. And I'm like, this has been now there's six out of seven games that they haven't been able to execute. That again is not like each individual player not being able to execute. Maybe you're not communicating the game plan properly. Maybe you're not motivating your players properly. I refuse to believe that six bad games is due to individual lack of effort because these are hockey players. They have pride. They want to win. That to me is a mentality thing. It is a philosophy thing. It is a communication thing. And they need to do better in the front office. Uh, I look at this and talking about game plans, it's, the Canadians had two high danger chances at even strength or five on five all night two, and none in the last period while they were trailing by goals. It, whatever the game plan is that they're laying out there, it sucks to be quite honest with you. Even on the power play, it's like, Hey, what if we pass it to the point? The, it, nothing is clicking. It looks like this team looks worse than it did when they fired Claude Julian. And at least in the Claude Julian era, when they were losing games, they were owning the puck and getting shots in this. They're not even doing that. It just, it looks bad. And I know Anderson's saying that it's on us, the players, because that's what hockey players are trained to say. It's just, it's not, it's just not working. And it, I'm, I'm going bald looking at this team playing because I know they're better than this. And I see flashes. I watched Cole Caulfield dangle around the offensive zone and get chances. I watch Anderson break in. And then I'm just wondering, why is there no follow-up to this? Why is everything feel like we're five, six years back when the Canadians were truly one of the worst teams in the NHL and they picked third overall? Like, what is going on? At a certain point, if you're Dominique Ducharme, you've got to be made to answer for that and that you can say we didn't execute and we didn't deserve to win. That's all well and good. But give me a reason why. What is your game plan? Like, I don't know what a Dominique Ducharme team plays like still. I don't because the playoffs are a different beast. And I watch the Canadians come out right now and it just doesn't look like there's a game plan. Like 
they're not even playing chip and chase hockey. It's just fling it and hope. And that, quite frankly, isn't good enough for the NHL. And I, I, I just don't know what this team's plan is. I don't. And they go to San Jose on Thursday. They haven't won in San Jose in 23 years. You're probably going to make it 24 at this point because it doesn't until this team develops an actual game plan, it's not going to get any better. There's no structure. There's nothing. I don't know if they're going to bring in somebody or fire somebody or what, but something's got to happen. At a certain point in time, starting a season one and six is unacceptable, no matter what team you are, let alone the Montreal Canadiens, a team that just went to the Stanley Cup final, that always wants to just bleed success at every opportunity. At this point, they're just not, it's not working. And we've got one more segment coming up. Jonathan Drouin had plenty to say before the game today including some things that are probably going to make the Nashville Predators sweat. And we're going to get into that coming up next. But first, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball in the postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So before the game today, before the Canadians went out and embarrassed themselves, uh, Jonathan Drouin sent the entire organization and Habs fan base and most of hockey Twitter into a bit of a frenzy with what seemed like a throwaway line where he said, and I don't have it right in front of me right now, but he mentioned because they were Shea Weber visited was visiting with the team for this today and sorry he had to watch that Shea, but Jonathan Drouin said he's all but retired. It's just a matter of Everyone knows it, and it's just a matter of time. And that sent Habs PR into overdrive. Paul Wilson, who is their, I believe, their PR specialist or uh, um, media coordinator, whatever his role is, uh, had to put out a statement saying that Che Weber is not effectively retired or anything. There have been no paperwork signed. He is on long-term injured reserve for the foreseeable future, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to be honest, if Jonathan Drouin knows that and everyone on the team knows that, they should name, that's one, probably why they didn't name a captain because it gives it away. But if you're the Nashville Predators and you hear a player say that, you got to be going, uh, what? We need to not let that happen for all intents and purposes. They don't have the cap space to handle that. And Laura, do you think that Weber not being there is having a bigger impact than we were anticipating? I think absolutely. Here's the thing with the Jonathan Drouet, everything. There's paperwork and then there's reality. I mean, everybody knows that Shea Weber is so badly injured and beat up that he's probably not coming back, right? Like, that's what they're talking about. Like, people are saying the words forever. However, the NHL is allowing them to put him on LTIR to get cap savings. If he if he retires, if paperwork gets filed, he doesn't get paid. And then Nashville's also on the hook, hook for a cap recapture penalty, blah, blah, blah. Basically, his retirement is bad for everybody. but. They all went out, they all hung out, they're all really close friends with him, and they probably heard from him that he probably does not expect to come back onto the ice, right? 
So this is probably just like, you know, between friends, they were talking and then Jonathan Drouin like, didn't realize that this is going to cause a problem. So now the Canadians have to go back and be like, no, 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 no. He's just injured and he's just going to be injured for a very long time. Hence LTIR. Because now, like, if, if at any point anybody says the word retirement or admits that that's what's going on, the NHL is going to be like, hey, hold up. You know, you got, you, you got to do the right thing here. You got to file the paperwork. You got to retire. You got to not get paid. All of that stuff. So essentially, it's not just the Canadian's PR world as well. He, he was kind of maybe causing some anxiety in Nashville as well. Uh, so, you know, bless Jonathan Drouet and his, and his honesty. Uh, but I also think the other thing, too, is that, like, the team the philosophy like they revere him so much i mean i know it's it's kind of like a meme or whatever you want to call it, but the social media team when when he they, they took a video of him you know coming in to say hi to the habs uh at the arena or after the morning skate or whatever it was and the caption at papa right like he's team dad and it's almost as if that like the myth of shea weber is kind of more important than the presence of shea weber uh but I think that that's what they were trying to evoke, but that's not the case. Like the, the presence is what's important. I mean, this guy for, you know, all of his aging and all of his decline and all of that was extremely important to this team. Like he's such an important player to this team, like on the ice, he's important. You know, they're talking about the locker room and how he sets an example and all of that, but literally on the ice, he's extremely like he plays the most minutes or he used to play the most minutes. He was always looked on to be the first defensive pairing, even though we might not have agreed with that. And we thought maybe they needed to use him a little less, but he was still important on the ice. And that's what people keep negating. They talk about the absence of leadership. And I think that is a factor, but for me, like, it's not just about leadership. It's not just about his presence. It's not just about the myth of Shea Weber, the man mountain, the really serious guy, the, you know, everybody follows his example. Like it's also literally like there's talent missing on the team and his talent is missing on the team. And like, obviously it's compounded by all the other talent that's missing on the team, but it just, it's driving me a little bit crazy that they're building this up into him hanging out with the team means that they're going to be good again. And that's, that's to me is it, it's like, it's not going to be enough. Like they need to replace what they lost from Shea Weber they should have anticipated this knowing that they traded for a player who was already on the decline, already having injury problems, all of that. They should have planned for this and they have not. And unfortunately, until a guy like, you know, we're talking about Kate, Caden Gooley being Shea Weber light. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Shea Weber, but until he makes the team, until he's ready to play in the NHL, who else have they got in the pipeline? Who's going to be able to replicate that? And that's exactly it is that I, I know we we've talked a little bit about Weber's usage and his decline in play and this and that it's I don't think he's the reason him missing is the entire reason, but he's definitely part of it that he brings a structure that this team needed. And that's the word I keep coming back to is they're lacking structure and they're lacking a direction. It looks very aimless. And when you're playing in the NHL, you you can't afford to be aimless at any point in time. It's. I, there feels like there's so many holes in this team. I know Philip Deneau was one of them, but Shea Weber's one of them too. And my biggest thing is I wonder if the NHL is going to look into this and be like, is he retiring? Because if so, you have to take him off LTIR and that's going to mess with some of the Canadians cap situation there. So I think before long, I think Nashville is going to come calling and be like, we need to take this back now because we'd rather not get 
absolutely trounced by cap recapture and everything else. The team as a whole just feels lost. And I'm hoping that if he's traveling through the entire West Coast trip with them, which I don't know if he is because I know Weber is from BC. I'm sure he'll be at the game in Vancouver. I'm sure uh, he'll probably maybe go to Calgary and uh, Edmonton with them. But this team kind of needs that infusion there. They need that. They need someone to step up in that place now. And Brendan Gallagher's trying, but he looks exhausted out there. And you've got guys wearing a letter that someone's got to step up and have a voice in that room at this point. It's if you're missing Shea Weber and you're missing Carey Price and you're missing Paul Byron and guys who are leaders, someone's got to fill that void. And I know Anderson's trying and I know Gallagher's trying and I know Suzuki's trying. I know these guys are trying, but someone's got to establish themselves as the new de facto head of that room and figure out what's next. And we'll find out when that is. Uh, Coming up in our episode tomorrow, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole Chicago situation, how it relates to the Canadians. So this is uh, your heads up as a warning. It's going to be a bit of a heavy episode a little bit just because the nature of what was discussed and everything happening is very grim. Thank you as always for making us your first listen every single day. So please, after this, check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Scott Cullen is a brilliant mind out there, and he's going to help you be the expert of your fantasy hockey league. Much like our show, it is available on all platforms wherever you can listen.